Greetings and welcome back to the Life Strategies Podcast, where we learn how to identify our life goals and assess our personal and spiritual growth so we can create continuous change in our lives. I am your higher self coach and life strategist, Bishop C.E. Melville. In today's episode, we will learn how to use our adversities to our advantage. But before we begin, let's hear a word from our sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And guess what? It's totally free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Isn't that awesome? It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back, guys. So, first of all, I would really love to thank each and every one of you who has been downloading the episodes, who's been um, listening faithfully and sharing. And I, and I invite you to come back and share with your friends and family. Invite them to subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, and I trust and pray that the messages offer you something that you can use in your daily lives. This is why I created the podcast, is for us. We're on this journey together um, to create continuous change. You know, the purpose is to have a strategy, a life strategy, so we don't become stuck. So we don't become, you know, just bitter and just eventually become depressed because things aren't going the way that we hope. So on this episode, we're going to actually talk about how our adversities can be used to our advantage. So we're learning how to use our our adversities to our advantage. And I'm here to let you know that you can use your adversities to your advantage. And the key point I would like to um, express, and I really hope that you take away, is that humility is really the key to using our adversities to our advantage simply because it teaches us to listen. Humility teaches us to listen and be corrected when we're wrong. It offers us an opportunity to step back, to breathe, to be calm, and really look at what is going on with an objective eye and um, just 
explore the many ways that we could have done better or how we can do better when another opportunity arrives. So humility is key. And this is um, really God's grace in our lives where we're able to stop and listen, listen to his still voice, listen to the voice of someone guiding you. And I hope um, when you when you listen to this podcast, I hope that you are able to receive guidance from the um, nuggets and pointers and tips. And really, it's really the message. The message is for us to not worry, you know, to abandon fear, because fear causes us to be stagnant. Fear causes us to become anxious and not really see what's going on. So humility is key. And um, I really would like to also point out that our adversities aren't the enemy in our lives. You know, it's, it's really how we choose to react. And by how we choose to react, we let um, the enemy know that you're not going to win today. This is not going to get me down. It's not going to phase me. It's not going to disrupt my flow of thought, my flow of action. It's not going to hinder my progress and my success. So it's really how we react to adversity. And of course, that comes with maturity. That's why we have to assess our um assess our personal and spiritual growth and um, if you were a person of a particular age you would have had time to do that if you're younger if you're in your teens or 20s um, it's a time where you don't have very much patience usually because you have your peers looking at you or you're looking at them thinking that you need to be them and you need to do so many things in a hurry you need to accomplish xyz so when stress comes or things don't go your way and try you know tragedy hits you unexpected tragedies come from all over right so when it hits you you're not prepared you don't know how to handle it you know but it's only until you go through it so by being a humble and and just really learning it's a learning curve it's a process learning to be patient in adversity to be faithful in adversity to be hopeful it does happen overnight so i'm one of these people who's who's going to remind you of it because i had people reminding me of it along the way and without that i don't know where i would be so by you know discussing these things as they come up um, and I I um, invite you to send me your messages you know any questions you may have any particular topic you may want to discuss here on the podcast where we can just flesh it out together and you know come up with a strategy to um, to help you experience a change to help you move on to help you, you know, achieve the life goal that you set. So that's what I'm here for. I'm your higher self coach. I'm also your life strategist. I'm here to hold your hand and just walk you through it. If you need someone to talk to, someone to listen, 
to flesh it out, to get to the meat of it. And you also have to be willing to dig deep and to be honest, you know, and not just be vague about what's going on. Because let's face it, we all go through the same things, just maybe just at different times in our lives. Or you may think that what you're going through is so alarming and no one else has gone through it. Well, that's not true. You know, and chances are some people are even experiencing, you know, situations worse than you. So just hang in there and know that you're not alone. I do, um, I would like to share my um, my story with you, just a, just a little bit of my life where I've experienced so much adversity and tragedy and just really walk you through my experiences as a young girl. It's kind of like a big overview of my life, you know, as we get to know one another better and over time. So um, a lot more will be revealed. Um, <clears throat> but I would like to share with you one of the biggest uh, life change I've experienced. And uh, I'm still here, right? So that tell, I should tell you that I was able to overcome. So here you go. So um, when I was eight years old, my foster mother tells me that she isn't my real mother. So some of you may not know this, but I grew up in foster care. So I'm eight years old. This is what's happening in the life of an eight-year-old girl. I find out that this woman who I've known thus far just created me, dried my tears, um, prayed for me, prayed over me, and, you know, fixed me the best moods and gave me the best hugs. She isn't my real mother. And from that day onward, my life changes forever. I become extremely insecure. I have low self-esteem and low self-worth. Like, I don't know who I am. I don't feel like I belong anywhere. I don't, it, I just got the wind sucked out of me. And what happens in my early teens and teen years and young adulthood, I become a target, a target for men who don't value me because I don't value myself. And this started when I was eight years old. I have I go on to have multiple failed relationships. I even become a single mother, trapped in a cycle of poverty and abuse. And one day, um, I became a nurse. And um, after a graveyard shift, one morning I go home and I just collapse. And after a lot of tests, um, I suffer what appears to be a stroke, but later diagnosed as a brain malformation. I become an experiment for doctors and I just fall into a, a deep depression. You know, I've, I've, I've now lost use of my left side because, and really become disabled. You know, um, I literally had a brush with death. You know, but ultimately, I decided that I don't want to die. I had to have surgery. I was scared, you know, but I decided I did not want to die. 
Why? Because I had four children at home and I didn't want them to be without a mother. And during that time, you know, I was going to church and, you know, I was baptized already. And But by this time, I lost my foster mom and brother. And so I'm on my own now. I'm no longer eight. I mean, young. I'm a woman in my late 20s. Or I think when the um, the illness occurred, I was 31. And um, <clears throat> I, at that time, I knew that I needed a spiritual healing. The doctors did what they could, but I knew I needed something more. So I needed a spiritual healing in order to begin the journey to free myself of my past. You know, so miraculously, it wasn't until later on I met my biological parents. See, so I went on a journey. I had to dig deep. Like I said earlier, I had to be honest. Why I'm, why I became so depressed? Why I was so mad? Why I didn't have answers to what I needed to know? So I met my parents. And um, after that, those years, which were some very difficult years because I had to face some harsh realities, um, I finally understood more about myself and why I attracted unhealthy relationships. And not just relationships with men, but with female friends, you know, just in general. Because I just didn't value myself. I, I was, I, I wanted to please people. You know, I was, I just, the strategy that I had before I graduated high school, I just went off that plan. I just totally went off the, the path. And as I got older, because, you know, the peer pressure is now on. I'm supposed to do this by this age, that by that age. But yet I didn't clear up my childhood. I didn't reconcile anything. So the plan couldn't work. So, you know, for those years, I really went on this. um, I, I went soul searching, you know. I confronted my pain, the anger. I felt towards my biological parents, you know, just the resentment to people who hurt me. I really had to do some soul searching. I had to forgive people. I had to forgive myself. I had to, I just had to move on from this stage. Um, I became celibate um, so that I could go on that spiritual journey to heal my open wounds. I didn't need any distractions. Um, And you know what? I subsequently began to feel better. Um, I returned to school and this time to seminary to become a minister. Who would think? And um, I just wanted to be used to help other people, you know, to have hope and to find healing as well. And, um, And today I'm now a person who knows that they are loved. I'm able to receive love. And now my life's calling is to is to share my life with others and teach them how to get on the path to finding to find their healing, you know, through soul searching and by making the commitment to being free from their painful past and and current um, dysfunctional relationships or environment, you know, so that so that they can create a healthy life, you know, um, just a healthy existence, you know, and and healthier relationships. 
in their homes, you know, and at their workplace, in their communities, and eventually just being a becoming a wholesome person in the world, you know, and to create that continuous life change that we talked about in the, in the beginning. Um, you know, so that's basically an overview of my life. And um, that's, you know, putting everything mildly. <laughs> but I just really wanted to share that. And I also wanted to share some comf- some words and, or some, a mess- some messages that were comforting to me over these years. And um, the first uh, message is taken from the... Um, book of Deuteronomy it's in the Bible and it's Deuteronomy 10 18 there was one time in my life I felt such despair and I read I found this scripture and it says to fear the Lord and it says that the Lord he that's this is Deuteronomy 10 verse 18 it says he defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loved foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. You know, this is so true because I remember the times when I, I was I went to um, pantries um, just to feed me and my children. I was on government assistance, and I was really going through a rough time. But the Lord promised to take care of the fatherless, you know, and the widows and his children and that's so comforting and um the same book of Deuteronomy there's another scripture that I found very comforting and it's um in Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 29 that says so that the Levites who have no allotment or inheritance of their own the Levites were the priests those are the royal priesthood um of Israel the tribe of um Levi and they were the priests, but they didn't have any allotment or inheritance because they were their only role was to um, minister to God and to the people and to um, teach the people how to worship God. So that was their own. They didn't have. They were concerned with material things, so they didn't get an inheritance because they didn't need one. God was their inheritance, and I'm saying to you that God should be your inheritance too. And um, so. Verse 29 says, Deuteronomy 14, verse 29 says, So that the Levites who have no allotment or inheritance of their own, and the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns may come and eat and be satisfied, and so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the works of your hands. Isn't this comforting? You know, so these are the type of scriptures that really comforted me during the time, especially when I realized that I my, my I wasn't raised by my real parents. Um, they were very comforting. Uh, another scripture I found was Psalm chapter ten and verse fourteen, and it reads, "But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted." You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Wow. This is so profound. 
this this scripture right here offers so much hope to people who are afflicted who are grieving but the key word here is to commit ourselves to him and he will help us we have to surrender we have to be humble like we talked about the humility allows us to stop and listen and receive from God you know a lot of time we don't receive from God because we're so prideful we don't want to ask for help and sometimes it's because we've been hurt people have abused us and taken advantage of us and we don't want to ask but we have to ask we just need to know who to ask and and sometimes the lord sends people without you even asking so this is very comforting that was psalm 10:18 and lastly the fourth scripture that's so fitting for this teaching is James the book of James chapter 1 verse 27 when it says and this is very poignant it says religion the religion that the religion god or father accepts as pure and faultless is to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world this is so profound for those of you who have went to the church for help and and felt abandoned and abused and misused and ridiculed and just talked about you know just remember that the only religion that's acceptable and pure is to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted so even you know Christians or people who are believers i really um admonish you to really be careful waving religion around you know when especially when you have people who are in need you know the fatherless people have no father their parents or have abandoned them and um these are the scriptures that really helped me overcome my adversities or the root of all my adversities i would say and again the key is to find the root of your adversity because that is the only way we can use it to our advantage by understanding what happened by facing the difficulty by being calm and and seeking God so he can help those who help us or help those who are afflicted and um the the key here is to remember that you're not alone I'm not alone and there was one point I thought it was but I believed I was but I really wasn't and I had people to tell me that I wasn't alone so I'm here to tell you if you're going through something whether it's a health issue or a spiritual issue which is everything you know is a spiritual issue if you're going through a marital issue a health issue relationship with your employer employee with your child you know in at work you just or you're just grief stricken by what's happening in society and you're you feel anxious by what's going on in the news and the virus and people are just dying left to right you know know that you're not the only one feeling this way But if you commit yourself to God, if you give him your time, if you let him know it's on your heart and you believe and you're not allowing yourself to be polluted by the world, he will help you. You will receive the help that you need. You will receive the word. So, I'm praying right now that this word has helped you. That you know that you can get through whatever you're going through. But you must believe. You must wholeheartedly believe. You can't doubt. 
You can't have fear. You can't doubt. Otherwise, you will not receive what you ask for. So many times, you know, we fool ourselves to think that we're fully committed. We believe God is going to heal us. We believe God is going to do X, Y, Z. And it doesn't happen. You know why? Because if you really search our hearts, we really doubted God. We relied on the doctor. We relied solely on man. We relied solely. There's so much the doctor can do. When the doctor closes you up or writes you that prescription and goes back to his home or his office, you're on your own. What are you thinking during this time? What are you hoping for? Are you conflicted? Are you saying, but the doctor says that the doctor did his part, but what are you doing? Are you believing for your healing? Are you changing your lifestyle? Are you praying? Are you believing? Are you, you know, doing whatever you're supposed to do to be healthy? Are you eating the right foods? Are you resting? Are you getting enough sleep? It is so many things that we don't do. We don't do it well. It's that we lie up at night and we worry. You know, in front of people, we put on a smiley face. And we're saying, yes, amen, it's well. But when we go to bed at night, when everybody's gone, we're worrying, we're crying, we're thinking about our children. We're thinking about the world and people to please. And what if I'm not here, what's going to happen to them? You know what really, I believe, was a game changer for me um, was the night of my surgery. It was about 4.30 in the morning. And I, I just prayed. Um, and I said, Lord, these are your children, not my own. But please don't take me away from them yet because they haven't passed the words. And they were little. The oldest was 12. The youngest was about four or five. And God heard my prayer. Why? Because I gave them back to him. I, I gave up control of the situation. So if you give up control of your situation... Of the adversities that you're going through God can bring you through it and it can be used to your advantage because once you obey God and you obey his word now this now you have an opportunity to laugh in the devil's face and and just you know come against the evil and just move on you know and I would encourage you to move on quickly because there's and there's something else on the horizon you know the word of God says that every day has its own trouble so I encourage you to stay in faith stay in prayer and remember without a strategy you fail at life this is your higher self coach and your life strategist Bishop C.E. Melville, thanking you for listening to another episode of The Life Strategist. I'll see you next time.